0: Welcome back to Cricket Central, the podcast where we discuss all the stories big and small. Uh, we're here for the day three recap for the, from the second test between Australia and South Africa, uh, a day which felt at times more like a, a jubilant victory parade than a test match um, as the Australians mopped up uh, pretty quickly. Uh, there was you know, banter in the field, uh, some great fielding efforts. Even Steve Smith got a bowl. Uh, It was just like a a big party out there at times for the Australians, and uh, they finish off with a commanding innings and 182-run victory, uh, winning back uh, the the series um, from South Africa and winning at home against South Africa for the first time in 17 years. Uh, Ethan, uh, with me, as well as Pearson, um, coming live from uh, the USA, Uh, I'll start with you. Ethan, uh, you know, um, uh, South Africa started on one for 15, um, uh, Dean Elgar already out Irva uh, looked okay for the, the for the first bit. And it was sort of a, a theme of the day that every now and then there was a bit of a brief resistance from someone, uh, in, for, in particular Temba Bavuma with a pretty good 65, where it was the main one there. But, uh, unfortunately that was a, a little bit, um, sort of, uh, over uh, sort of forgotten, I think, by uh, the number of run outs that he he caused as well. Uh, but in the end, uh, a pretty a bit of a, a rout from the Aussies, would you say?
1: Yeah, I think you've got that pretty right. There were patches of resistance from South Africa, and perhaps a little bit more stroke plan intent than we've seen in previous games. But overall, all of that's been marred by a, a few moments of really poor quality cricket. Um, and overall, the Disparity between the sides was simply too much, and it was a pretty easy stroll for the Australians. Um, I think the the Aussies have done a pretty good job, actually, to even limit South Australia or South Africa, sorry, to 204. Um, especially considering Stark it was almost some of the best he's bowled with the new new ball with his finger injury. Um, for him to get through 18 overs, which was more than anyone else, no Cameron Green bowling as well. Um, and yeah, interesting cameo there from Steve Smith with some a couple of nice leg breaks, a couple of drag downs, which you can't complain about. But overall, I think Australia will be very, very happy with how today has gone. And the fact that um, Cummins and Boland haven't had too much of a workload heading into that Sydney test.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the the injuries the Australians had, it, it almost just made it even more debilitating for the South Africans, the, the margin of the victory and how dominant they they still were. And uh, I agree, Stark was getting a a huge amount of swing uh, with that finger. So I don't know, maybe it's something you might need to to look into what was going on there. But uh, I think the thing for me, we sort of commented on it uh, late in the day, you just felt, I think it was Steve Waugh, whose famous um, saying was uh, mental disintegration. That was what he sort of aimed uh, to get from the opposition whenever he played the game. It, It almost felt that that was a fitting uh, description for uh what happened to South Africa here and I, I think no nothing um sums it up more than the runouts which were just perplexing really uh Bavuma, sort of the the culprit in both of them the first with with Kaya Zondo where there was just he didn't even really make a call at all and Zondo Zondo wasn't ready at the other end and uh, very easy run out um, and then uh, Maharaj at the end also but it, it, you know there were also the shots some of the shots they were playing you just felt that um, sort of the the skill difficulties which we deficiencies that we know they have were sort of amplified just by a mental aspect would you agree?
1: Yeah I, I think it's it's one thing to struggle in these conditions and have that bridge between the quality of the sides but there's another thing in the intent and the cricket smarts that you apply to the game. And I think that's really cost South Africa here, epitomised by those two runouts, as you mentioned. Uh, it was funny that Keshav Maharaj run out was pretty much all the mistakes someone could make. And Bavuma with his unusual turning blind, but then almost turning backwards on himself and then poor calling. And there's no dive by Maharaj at the end. That really just summed up South Africa's approach to this test match pretty much. Um, and it was a yeah quite quite a poor display. You get the sense that so, some of these batsmen are, or, or these players are prepared to show a little bit of grit and ap- application, whereas, yeah, I think the mental disintegration is well on its way with a, a couple of the other ones. And certainly when, when the spots are on the line with no obvious quality batsmen in that South African side, it's extremely disappointing to see such you know, easy runouts and entirely preventable ones as well.
0: Yeah, and we've seen uh, one run out on a second run um, with Marnas Lavashain, and then a run out on a third run with Maharaj as well. So that was uh, uh, quite rare to see. Um, Just before I get to to Pearson with a a big question that I I hope he has um, the right answer for, uh, just a quick word on, on Scott Bolland. Another good performance today, picked up two wickets, and having to sort of shoulder more responsibility um without without green having that that fifth uh pace bowler um and also sort of slightly different conditions to what he normally uh has had so much success with the pitch that wasn't really offering much at all he had to sort of adjust his his plans a little bit bowled sort of more on the stumps perhaps a little bit shorter um and i was thinking for a while there are a couple of times where i think it was uh, bavuma and uh, Verena who got a couple of pull shots off him and I thought oh maybe you know this is a day where um potentially Hazelwood could have been a, a bit better here Bonin and might be found out a little bit but no he um he uh, stuck with it and ended up getting the big wicket of Verena. so uh, how did you see him his bowling today
1: yeah he's I mean, he's, he's emerged from this test as having the best figures from out of, out of our main quicks and I think it was slightly more loose than I've Seen from him yeah. before. He's normally yeah. almost, you know, hazelwood-like or even better on that handkerchief spot. Um, it, yeah, it, it was a little bit more erratic, which is a it's a it's a tough really assessment given that his version of erratic is a lot different to Stark's. But you're right, he's able just to chip away. And and you do sense that he's in the game. He bowls that probing length and often does draw the edge. And really. You know, an average of twenty-eight in you know, a test match is going to really dent his uh, statistics. But I, I think this was a successful test match for him, um, even even with on, on a pretty good surface for batting to come up with three wickets and pretty three good wickets as well. And when he did come into the attack, he brought a bit of danger and and certainly kept the pressure on. So yeah, I think this South African batting lineup is. Yeah, they they wouldn't be seeing him as an easier fish than either Stark or Cummins. And it's good to have a first-change pair who can keep the same pressure on as the openers do.
0: Yeah, well, that leads me on quite nicely to the question I was going to ask Pearson. Uh, We have Scott Bolland, another top-class bowler. Uh, There we have Cam Green, who's just got his first fifer and a, a commanding 50 also, uh, we have David Warner back in form with a beautiful 200. Uh, we have Alex Carey making his first century. We have Travis Head, who's becoming one of the best players in world cricket, if I if I do say so myself. We still have Manas and, and Steve Smith going, well, we have an Australian team that has only had one loss in 15 tests. Now, are you uh, starting to get scared of this Australian team, Pearson, um, as they go into India and then into the Ashes uh, next year?
2: Well, I'll I'll start just by saying apologies for all the people who listen to this podcast just to hear my dulcet tones. I apologize for being away for the past couple of weeks. It's good to be back. Um, As for the question, there's a lot there to unpack. This response could go on a bit. I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. It's first unlike, first of all, you.
0: I've, I, yeah, I yeah, know yeah.
2: it is unlike me. And I say I will try under the expectation that I will probably fail in that pursuit, but you never know. So, well, am I concerned? Not particularly, not any more so than I was two tests ago. I would highlight England beat South Africa quite comprehensively in the summer in English conditions we won by an innings in one test and by eight or nine wickets in the other Mm -hmm. test and lost the other one but anyway yes well you may lose the other one but that's not really the point I'm getting at here what I would like what I so I don't think South Africa are these cricketing behemoths that we must be scared of I think they're an inexperienced batting lineup and when their bowling doesn't perform they have nowhere really to go so has this series taught us much not really in my view it's taught us that Australia is good at cricket at home which is a fact we've known for 50 plus years at this point they dominated the West Indies they dominated South Africa they beat us 4-0 in the summer last year I don't think we've learned anything we didn't already know I would pick apart some of your comments before I accept your bowling attack is very strong Do I accept most of what you've said about the batting? No. In many ways, I was quite happy with that Warner double century because it guarantees that he will be facing the moving ball in England. And him and Kawaja together should mean about 10 for two, 80% of the innings we bowl at them. So I'm okay with it on that sense. With regards to Labashain, who, to quote Ted, was going well, I could not disagree more. He is... Of all the South African-born players in this series, of which there are quite a number of South Africans, as well as Lavashane, only Engidi and Rabada have scored less runs than him. Even Elgar, who's been consistently admonished for poor performance, has scored more runs than him. He's gone out for, I think, 11 and 15 in the two times he's gone out, and otherwise was unbeaten on four. So I certainly wouldn't write home about this Australian batting lineup. I accept your point on head, but don't accept the commanding phrase that you used as the antecedent for Cam Green's 50, but that we can bypass. So no, do, am I scared? No. I still think you're a stronger side than England, but this is a very different England side to the team you faced 12 months ago. Of course, England have now won nine of their last 10 games. No side has done that since Australia under Ponting about 15 years ago. So it's not regular that teams get into this form. We have form that parallels yours. It's just yours goes back a bit further. But do I, th- I think you probably should win that series. I think you have the squad to do it. I think other than 2019, this is your best chance at a series win in England that you've had since 2001. I think it will be 3-2 to either side. I'm just not sure which way. But am I scared? Not particularly. I think we've learned nothing new. You're a good side at home. Maybe you'll replicate it away. Maybe you won't.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I think it's a little bit harsh to to call Labashain out of form when he scored 500 in the last series and has only been out twice here. And one of them, was burnt by Warner. But uh, anyway, I, I take your, your points on the rest of it. But um, Ethan, I mean, we discussed a little bit uh, yesterday as well. I, I just think that there's a depth to this Australian team that... Even, um, you know, I admit we've always been successful at home, but even for some of those other years, it could be something a little bit different at the moment, just how well, you know, everyone's performing um, at moments throughout this series and even people who are out of the team coming up as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you take our form for granted at home and we do win sometimes. I mean, it's worth remembering when we lost the last three series to South Africa and we've lost the last couple to... India, so we're by no means f- formidable at, at home, but I mean we're regaining some of that reputation, and it, it seems that you know we, it almost cycles between the years between a quite a poor side that can't defend a series at home to a, a side that's almost dominant, and it, it's good that we're on that trend back to being one of those dominant sides. Um, and, and you're right, I think it's been a while since we've had a, a lineup as settled as this with players performing at least all round to, to this extent. Um, I think we mentioned yesterday that even this summer, for five of the top seven now of hundreds. So I, I think if there was ever a time you thought a team that's performing well at home is ready to go and have success abroad, it from recent times, it's going to be this team. So, uh, yeah, I think we, we we did mention this yesterday, but it's going to be interesting to see just how far this team stacks up against other teams in in the sense that can we conquer away, away series as well as home series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Another question for you, Pearson, is uh, what, uh, what, what team with the initials SA um, is worth South Australia or South Africa?
2: (laughs) Well, look, I, I'd I'd love to say South Africa, but you have to say it's South Australia. At least South Africa beat India in a series earlier this year and had a big win against New Zealand. I don't think I was alive the last time South Africa won a red. Sorry, South Australia won a red ball game. So I'm going to have to say South South Africa is the better side on this one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, just before we do wrap up for today, I'm just looking at our predictions for this series um as well and ethan you've by far and away been uh the the most successful so far predicting Carey to score a century um very very impressive there uh pearson okay i'll, I'll give you that
2: is i'm, I'm on level pegging with Ethan. well we both no, got the scoreline right and Yours we is... both you one of our predictions right Carey well, no. doing well and lavashay failing but we're it doing well as each other.
0: But if Lavashane scores some runs next test, well, then yours isn't right anymore. But Ethan's is definitely right, no <laughs> matter what.
2: Yes, yeah, so no, I, I, I accept his is more fulfilled, but mine, mine will reach an equal level of fulfillment in right. another week or two's time.
0: Yeah, well, I, and Ethan and I also said Pat Cummins would have the most wicket at, at the moment. It's, um, Who did I predict? Rem- you said Stark, who's, I think, got,
2: he's... Yeah, that's well, that's like that. not worked out.
0: We'll see but what happens. T- you, but...
2: but if he weren't injured, he would have been top wicket taker. So I'll, I'll I'll take that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh yeah. A few bad predictions for runs. Uh Elgar, you said Pearson. Uh you never know. <laughs> Could happen if he hasn't been. Classed. Yeah, because look
2: that that but... that one I'm willing to accept was a horror show as a prediction.
0: <laughs> vast said Usman Jeez. Kawaja, which isn't going so well either. And yeah. Om said Saril Irva. Um so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we might have to put an end to this prediction series. Who, you because, have um, I had Steve Smith, so thereabouts, thereabouts. But Ethan, yeah. you had Travis Head, so um, yeah. not too it's far off. Pretty on, good. So.
2: Goal. I wouldn't, well, yeah. I, I'm willing to accept Ethan's predicted largely quite well this series. Yeah, I do. I look back at the idea of picking a South African for leading run scorer with a degree of admonishment at myself I don't really know how I've done that but I'm sure these things can be worked upon for the next series
0: yeah overly optimistic I I think all right well there's not too much more to cover for this uh, test I don't think and definitely from an Australian perspective our eyes will look ahead to an India series which I'm very very um, excited about Uh, not least because after it I I think I'll be getting some money from Pearson if all goes to plan. Uh, so <laughs> uh, my my bet last year that uh, we wouldn't lose the series. Uh, we might not win it. We won't, <laughs> but we won't lose it. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Pearson, you are over in the, the US at the moment. So fill us in what have what have you been up to?
2: In all honesty, not a great deal. Um, I spent two weeks in Wyoming, which is just empty and very cold. I now feel as close to an expert on the nature of Wyoming politics as probably anyone that lives in Australia. Um, beyond that, it's just been visiting family. So no, it's, it's been a enjoyable three weeks that I've been here.
0: Ah, Well, that's very good. And Ethan, you're off to uh, Sri Lanka, I think, soon as well. Nevada, as I'm sure... <laughs> people would have seen on his Instagram page has been getting up to all sorts of stuff in in Sri Lanka as we speak so uh, yeah I'm feeling a bit left out here I might have to have to go off somewhere but uh, yeah very good okay well it's good to have you back on uh, again Pearson Um, and thank you Ethan for being Mr Consistent again thank you all for listening Um, we'll be back for the Sydney test sometime soon Uh, but for now goodbye